Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. That's going to do it. As the Miami Heat with a season series sweep, they win their 50th game of the year. Billy Donovan walks midcourt. Derek Spolstra, very, very good friends. And the final score here at the United Center, 127 to 109, Miami. Obviously our record versus them isn't good, but I'm not going to doubt that, you know, obviously, you know, you never say you can't beat anybody. So, competitor, I think I can beat anyone. Even if you lose, get back up, win again. That was the call as the Bulls fall to the Heat Saturday night right here on the score. They try and pick themselves up and take on the world champion Milwaukee Bucks tomorrow from the United Center. 7 o'clock tip right here on the score. Rami Makhlouf with you on a Monday night till 9 o'clock. want to talk some Bulls with you in just a little bit. But first, let me talk some Bulls with the host of the CHBO Bulls podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. Pleasure to welcome in Matt Peck. Matt, how are you this evening, my man? I'm doing great, Robbie. How you doing? Good. First time I talked to you since the new gig. Congratulations. I'm, I'm digging what you guys are doing over there at CHGO Sports. Appreciate that, man. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, um, Matt, uh, just a quick question for you off the top. Um, what happened to the Bulls? <laughs> well, I think nothing <laughs> happened to the Bulls. I think... The schedule happened, and uh, and they have continued to be who they are, which is a team that was overachieving earlier this season, thanks to a, a very schedule, a lot of home games and a lot of mediocre to subpar opponents. And anybody who looked at the schedule coming out of the All-Star break knew that the real test was coming and that we were going to find out what exactly this team was made of. And, you know, un- unfortunately, what that appears to be is a team that's good enough to beat the bums in the NBA, but not good enough to swing with the big boys. Uh, you know, who knows? Assuming they do avoid that play-in and clinch at least the sixth seed, we'll see who their first-round matchup turns out to be. Alex Caruso said at one of the shoot-arounds earlier this week, you know, I- I've seen regular season series go 3-1 or 4-0 one way, and then those teams face in the playoffs, and then and – then, the, the opposite happened. So clearly, you know, that's just Alex trying to put a positive spin on the situation. There, there's no denying that whoever the Bulls end up facing in round one, be it Boston, Milwaukee, Philly, they're going to be an underdog and they're going to be a heavy one. But how, I guess the question is how far over their heads were, were they playing? Like how, how close were they to that team that we saw earlier this year and before the All-Star break? And how close are they to a team that's, two and 19 now against the top four teams from each conference like that that they're not that bad or like that's not more indicative of where this team is at two and 19 against the top four teams from each conference that's that's flat out disheartening when you see that number Matt 
Yeah, it really is. But I think it tells a story of a, of a team, the way it's been assembled, that's certainly greater than some of its parts. Uh, they've obviously dealt with a lot of absences across the, the course of the season to key players. Of course, every NBA team goes through that. But you, you saw what the absences of Alex Russo and Lonzo Ball did to their point of attack defense. Um, you know, De- DeMar DeRozan was playing at an absolutely absurd MVP caliber level. He's come down to earth a little bit, you know, save for that 50-burger against the Clippers last week. Um, but, you know, I, I think the reality is they, they're a, a good team that's, that's not a great team. And, and you're fair to point out that even on any random night, they, they should play well enough to beat one of the quality teams because one of those quality teams has a bad night and the Bulls have a good night. But I just think that the way their roster is constructed, the margin for error is so, so thin. And coupling with the problem of the defense recently – has been the fact that their offense has gone rather ice cold. Other than when DeMar or Zach can get it going, all of the role players are struggling tremendously right now. Io DeSumo and Kobe White were relied upon at one point to knock down big shots. They are both ice cold. Caruso hasn't looked comfortable with his shots since coming back from the wrist injury. And it's not just the Bulls going cold. They're also shooting even fewer threes post-All-Star break than they were before the All-Star break. They, they've been dead last in the NBA in three-point attempts all season long, but that margin has gotten even wider after the All-Star break. And, and Billy Donovan said it in a recent interview, it, it's hard to, to ignore the analytics of your efficiency behind the three-point line dropping and the volume behind the three-point line dropping in a league where so much success is predicated on whether or not you've got enough shooters. Because guess what? Three points is more than two. It's really that simple. Is, is that something that teams are doing to them, Matt? Is, is taking away the three even more than, than, than they were before? Or is that are the Bulls taking the wrong shots? Well, I, I think it's a combination of those things, Rami. I mean, I, I think that you've obviously seen defenses key in on DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine at times, throwing double teams at them, throwing traps at them. And in a couple of their wins recently against Washington, against L.A. last week, you saw the Bulls down the stretch manage to beat that trap defense uh, with simple execution, using either uh, Vooch or Caruso as, as a, a safety valve to pass out of that trap. And then those guys using their high IQ court vision passing ability to find open guys either in corners for threes or, or making cuts at the basket. And that has worked on occasion in a couple of their recent wins but I think there recently has been a trend of guys not being willing to shoot when they get open looks. And I think that that's been the biggest problem I've noticed. Maybe it's a, it's a fear of being in a slump and feeling like you don't have the confidence to take that shot and knock it down. But Billy Donovan mentioned that. He didn't got, call guys out by name recently, but he did say, I think we're passing up some good open looks. And, and I think you look to Io and Kobe recently because – they're 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 shooting horribly recently. Seven of forty three from behind the three point line in his recent stretch of games. Kobe White two of twenty five. There's no other way to do it than shoot yourself out of that slump or at least try. The Bulls are turning down good looks and then they're late in shot clocks and having to force up bad looks. That's what's going on right now. And I I heard Kobe White after I think he was zero for zero for nine last night. Am I am I right about that? Yep, zero for nine. Say, yep. say, saying you know I just I just got to keep shooting. And I, that's exactly the mindset that a shooter and an NBA player should have and should take out there on the court with him. I will say it's, it's up to the coaches and front offices to be the adults in the room. Is, is, there, is there any thought or notion to maybe pulling back 
on how much Kobe White plays or how many shots he takes? Or is that even an option at this point with, with the other injury problems that they have? I mean, I think it's a fair question because when Kobe White isn't hitting his shots, he's really giving right. you nothing. Everybody right. knows what a liability he is on the defensive end. My guy, Big Dave, and I were even talking on a recent episode with some, some Bulls fans tuning in saying, well, heck, at this point, like, why not throw Matt Thomas out there? I know he's the 15th guy on the <laughs> roster, but at least he shoots the three ball confidently. So if he and Kobe both suck on defense, what's the difference? Uh, other people wondering, hey, Javante Green's role has certainly slid back um, after dutifully subbing in long stretches of the season with guys out, with Patrick Williams coming back and him looking better and getting more minutes over his last three games. Javante Green, bless his heart, has been able to confidently take and make the occasional three-point shot, and his defense is wildly better than Kobe White's. And it's not like Kobe's doing a whole lot of ball handling anyway, so, you know, maybe Billy looks uh, to change that up a bit with, as far as the back end of his rotation moving forward uh, because you, you got to find some three-point shooting from somewhere. And, of course, that is the other really gruesome thing about Lonzo Ball and his status, which doesn't sound all that encouraging right now as far as a potential return for a playoff series because he basically comprised half of the Bulls' three-point makes himself while he was on the floor this season. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask you about that. What – I know they, they said they're going to start trying to let him, him run full speed maybe later this week. What, what even does that do for a Bulls team going into the playoffs? Is that the difference between winning or not winning a playoff series, getting Lonzo Ball back, especially at this point with as much time as he's missed? You'd have to imagine there's a ramp-up period and getting him in condition and back in the flow and the rhythm of things when he does return to the court. Yeah, no, I think it's a very fair concern to have. Um, it, you know, I'll take any availability uh, for Lonzo Ball moving forward and in a hopefully a playoff series because even if he is rusty, um, you know, being able to knock down some shots and, and use his full court uh, vision and passing ability, not to mention his defense, even if he's not at 100%, Lonzo's defense at 70% is better than two-thirds of the Bulls roster. Fair. Uh, as far as, you know, what you might see from him coming back, whether or not, uh, you know, Billy throws him into the starting lineup right away or brings him in off the bench first, I'm holding my breath and, and wondering whether or not we'll see him at all again this season. But if he does, you also have to assume, in addition to just knocking off some rust, his conditioning is going to be an issue. Because as you mentioned, they were trying to ramp him up with some running and then shut him down for 10 days because the bone bruise was giving him some problems. Now, even if they do ramp him up again and there are no setbacks, he hasn't been able to run while the entire time he's been rehabbing his injury. Whereas with Caruso and Patrick Williams, they were rehabbing wrist injuries. So at least they were you know, able to you know, get on the bike or get on the treadmill, jog a little bit, so that when they came back, they were able to keep their wind and get their wind back to a you know, full-court NBA 5-on-5 five five level. That's not going to be the case for Lonzo at all. Matt Peck of the CHGO Bulls podcast joining me here on the score on a Monday evening. You know, Matt, th- throughout the season, I've been, I would say, one of the more grounded Bulls fans. Other would call me pessimistic or a Debbie Downer. <laughs> But I've, I think I've been one of the more grounded Bulls fans who, who thought this team is good and they're fun and it's positive and it's moving in the right direction for the first time in a long time. But I didn't think that they were a championship contender. I did think that they were good enough that they could stay in the upper half of the Eastern Conference bracket, get one of those top four seeds, 
and and maybe win a playoff series and give us something to root for. Now that doesn't look very likely. I can't see them climbing up into the top four seeds. And I don't know. Do you think there is a matchup that 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 could possibly present itself where the Bulls could pull off a first round upset? I mean, there are a couple. Um, and one of them being the Heat, and now that looks pretty unlikely because they have a two-game lead on the number one seed, and yeah. the Bulls will end up playing either three or four in a three-six-four-five matchup. Um, just because you know, as elite as the Heat have been defensively all season, their half-court offense is is atrocious. And uh, you know, I, I say that even having watched them absolutely uh, demolish the Bulls' defense and put up a whole bunch of points the other night, but. The, in particular, the Heat's half-court offense struggles, and obviously that becomes a bigger factor in playoffs. Down a little bit. And also just because I thought when you're looking across the landscape of superstar players leading teams in the East, Jimmy might be the one who I would say, you know what, give me peak DeMar DeRozan this year over Jimmy Butler as far as guys who are clutch and can yeah. get your team a bucket or several buckets down the stretch of a close game. DeMar DeRozan leads the NBA in fourth quarter scoring this season, leads the NBA in clutch time scoring this season. So that's maybe why I was looking at Miami as a possibility for a favorable matchup. And then the other one right now is obviously Boston. Uh, as scary as they are, you know, they've been on a tear since early January, one of the best records in the league, um, you know, winning games by humongous margins, elite defensively. Tatum looking like his all-NBA first-team caliber self again after a slow start. But the one thing that maybe gives you hope there is that they lost Robert Williams, who's, you know, the anchor of their defense. And while it sounds like he might be able to come back later in a Celtics playoff run, if they get to the second round and beyond, he's certainly not going to play in the first round. So maybe that would give the Bulls a, a, a puncher's chance. When, when you look at this Bulls team, and I, I saw a quote from, from Billy Donovan after the loss to the, to the Heat on Saturday, I said, we have a long way to go to be at their level right now. I think that's clear. How far do the Bulls have to go? Are, are the pieces here? Is it just a matter of getting the big three of, of DeRozan, Levine, and Ball on the court consistently with the complementary pieces of, of Vooch and uh, Kobe White when, when he's going well? Or do you think that there, there are moves that need to be made to get into the class of a, a Heat or the Sixers or the Bucks or the Nets? Well, I, I think Billy is right, first of all. I mean, you said it yourself, look at their record against the, the true elite teams of the NBA this season. That's not necessarily a bad thing. I don't necessarily consider it a failure, given where the Bulls are coming from. Five years of abject failure and, and you know, uh, embarrassment. But as far as what might need to be done, I think you look at a couple of things. You look at primarily their two best players, DeMar and Zach, are excellent offensive weapons who are both liabilities on the defensive end. Whereas, you know, the best of the best in the NBA are guys who can guard multiple positions and play at least respectable defense while also pouring in 30 points on any given night. And then the other problem, and I mentioned it earlier, that's really reared its ugly head lately is the lack of three-point shooting. You have got to have some reliable sharpshooters on your NBA roster and in your rotation if you want to go deep in the playoffs. And right now, the absence of Alonzo, the fact that other guys who had occasionally stepped up behind the arc this season and Io and Kobe going cold, that that is something that they need to address. Who's coming out of the East, do you think, Matt? Man, putting me on the spot. Um, 
Well, I, I can't say Milwaukee uh, just because I've had too much fun, um, you know, bugging their their fan base uh, over the last couple of weeks when we get all of these Bulls and Bucks, you know, back and forth with with that with that piece of garbage Grayson Allen Bucks fans have over there that they defend, you know, blindly. Um, the the defending champs do look good, and, and Giannis is an absolute force. Um, uh, so you know what? Let, let me just say I'm gonna say. Philly, because I want to believe in what Embiid is doing right now. And, hey, if, if James Harden's ever going to prove to us that he is not a choker in the playoffs and he's never had the right teammate, according to him, be it Westbrook or Chris Paul or whoever it's been, well, now you got yourself a legit MVP big man in Joel Embiid. Let's see if he and, and, uh, and uh, Harden and Embiid can get this done together in Philly. They haven't looked all that great recently, but I just, I'm, as a Bulls fan, I can't say Milwaukee. I just can't. That's Matt Peck of the CHGO Bulls podcast. Check him out on YouTube and follow him on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. Matt, thanks for the time and the insight, my man. Always appreciate it. Yeah, anytime, Rami. And Matt joins me on the Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. So how far are the Bulls from competing with the real contenders in this league? I want to talk about that with you Right after this, Rami Makhlouf with you on The Score on a Monday night. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. After the L.A. Clipper game, he actually, we were doing the show from the hockey booth in the United Center. And, you know, Kobe actually came back out and shot and got up about 100, 200 shots. And, you know, I, I, I give him credit for that because he's trying to get out of it. You know, he's, he's, he's trying to work his way out of it. But sometimes I learned this from Lou Henson <laughs> way back in the day. I remember I was in a shooting slump. Uh, I went like one for nine from three from uh, against Iowa. And coach told me, just, just get away from the game. Don't even think about it. Sometimes you can be too much into your head and, you know, you try to perfect everything when really you, you, you just need to take a break. And then when you come back, go out there and, and play, you know, not, not even think about just shooting stuff. So if I was Kobe, that's what I would do. That was Kendall Gill with Mully and Haw this morning right here on 670 The Score talking about Kobe White and the shooting slump he finds himself in. Rami Makhlouf with you on The Score on a Monday night. Billy Donovan says the Bulls have a long way to go to be at the level of the Heat and other contenders right now. How far do they have to go in your eyes? 312-644-6767. Apparently the uh, national championship game just started in the men's NCAA basketball tournament, which, uh, Adam, if I'm being 100% transparent and honest with our listening audience, I kind of forgot what's happening tonight. Like, uh, yeah, I-, I looked for it earlier tonight on my guide. I was like, oh, what time does this game start? And I couldn't find it. And then I started the show, and then I completely forgot about it. I saw people tweeting about it. So I was like, oh, yeah, national championship game. I turned on CBS. It's not there. I turned on TBS. This game is on TBS at 8.20 Central Standard Time, 9.20 Eastern Time. What? Why are they trying so hard to not have people watch the national championship? What is this? I, I am completely befuddled by this entire thing. I assumed... I, I've, first of all, kind of like you, forgotten multiple times today that this game's happening. <laughs> and I think that's partially because the main storyline from the end of this tournament happened Saturday, yeah. right? Yep. And so this has just kind of become an afterthought, even though it's the actual biggest game of the season. But anyway, I, yeah, I, I, I assumed this morning, I'm like looking up because I was, when we're scheduling guests, I was like, I kind of want to avoid certain people when the turn when the game is starting so sure. i had that in my head and i'm like oh okay it probably starts at like seven right or 7 30 maybe at the latest and then like whoa 8 <laughs> 20 like, so and then yeah the fact that it's not even on cbs i looked you know what's on cbs right now ncis <laughs> oh i thought it was bob hart's abishola <laughs> Why in the world they couldn't bump NCIS for one week to get the no national idea. championship game on? What are we doing here? Like, did it get did it get downgraded as far as the importance that it got it got bumped to basic? Is it true TV next year? It's going to that- keep working down the list of CBS <laughs> affiliates or, or CBS owned networks. It's going to be on C-SPAN in a few years. What are we doing here? By the way, I love how every year the NCAA rolls around and the and True TV is t- is is trending on Twitter every year because and it's just people asking, uh, "What is True TV again? And where can I find it?" That's yeah. that's the only thing people watch on True TV, to my knowledge. I don't know. Maybe y'all can inform me 
to actual quality programming and, on true TV, and, but it seems why, like people just need to be reminded this time of year, <laughs> every year, what it is and where it is. And while we're on the, the topic here, why are we playing this game on a Monday night? I understand that the college national championship gets played on Monday because it's always during football season. They don't want to put it up against the NFL. Totally yeah. get it. Why is this game being played on a Monday, though? It, this has never made sense to me. You're telling me you can't. And I understand that the women's championship is on Sunday. So, like, okay, why can't we move everything back one day? The men's final four is played on Friday. The championship on on Sunday. And the women's final four first games on Thursday and the, and the championships on Saturday. I don't, why can't we do that? I got a text here from the two, two, four says it's only seven twenty or six twenty for half the country. That's why it's eight twenty for us. Do you seriously not get that? No, I get that dude. The largest market in the country though is out there on the East coast. A few of the largest markets in the country are out there on the East coast. And, yes, and, yes, yes. Two, two, four. We understand how time zones work. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we get time zones. Thank you very much. Appreciate the assist though. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how time works. But you know, usually, usually they base these things off of the East coast because right. that's where New York is. And then two. So the three largest markets in the country, let's break this down. New York, Chicago, LA, right? Yeah. So two of the three, you get you you usually they're working towards those two two of the three because LA is way the hell out there, two hours behind everyone else, or three hours behind some people some sometimes one time zone. So you you want to get as many people in the right times as you possibly can. In nine twenty Eastern, eight twenty Central is a bad time. I'm just one saying. shining moment is going to be playing at midnight. On the exactly. East Coast, which, by the way, terrible song, but apparently people look forward to it every year, and that's not, they're not going to queue up one shining moment and whatever highlight reel they got queued up. That's not happening till about midnight on the East Coast for the largest market in the country. It's ridiculous. This is, a, this is bad programming by the NCAA, and I don't know how anybody says otherwise, but I didn't want to spend too much time on that. I do want to talk about, about this Bulls team, and man, have things gone wrong for this Bulls team here of late. On Saturday, a four-game sweep at the hands of the Heat was completed. They had a 19-point average margin of victory in the last three of that four-game sweep. They're now, and I brought up this, this number to Matt Peck of CHGO Sports, 2-19 and 19 against the top four teams from each conference. They don't have a win against a current top four seed in almost five months they haven't beat a top four seed in either conference in almost five months, and they're now 45 and 33, hovering between the fifth and the sixth spot in the Eastern Conference. And like I said, Billy Donovan said after the game last night, we have a long way to go to be at their level right now. I think that's clear in talking about the Miami Heat, and I assume he includes other contending teams and Eastern Conference powerhouses when he says that. How far are they? 312. 644-6767 is how you can call or text me, or you can tweet the show at 670 score at Rami is tweeting. How far are the Bulls from competing, from contending with the powerhouses of the Eastern Conference? I can't believe, man, I can't believe that it's... Now, I said early on, and, and I was called a Debbie Downer. I was told I'm, I'm negative, I'm, I'm a wet blanket. 
when I was trying to keep Bulls fans grounded and not not get too high up in the sky with, with your hopes and expectations for this basketball team. They're good. They're fun. They're competitive. It's better than it's been in a long time, and it's moving in the right direction, and we should enjoy that and appreciate that. But I told Bulls fans a long time ago, don't get carried away. But even I, who I felt like was one of the more, I guess you might call pessimistic Bulls fans, even at their hottest points this season, even I can't believe that they're as bad as 2-19 and against the top four teams from each conference. I... I don't think that this is a Bulls team that's that's that bad. And I'd like to see how many of those 21 games they actually had the, the trio of Levine, Ball, and, and DeRozan for. Because I, I can't imagine it was many. And I, I, think that that's, I think that's a good big three. Is that on the level of what the Bucks got going or on the level of, of even the big twos of, of a, a Harden and Embiid or a Durant and, and Kyrie Irving. No, I, I don't think that they have that kind of talent, but that's that's a good that's a good core to start with that I, I think is is better than what we've seen against the top competition in the NBA. And I'd I'd like to see what those guys could do if if they did play the majority of a season together. Because I think that they they, they could be a top four team in the Eastern Conference. But that's probably the ceiling for for this core, guys. And and whatever the ceiling is, it's 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 not the widest window to hit that ceiling or, or to see what it is, to see all those guys out there on the court together for, for long stretches to to reach their full potential. Because when you look at DeMar DeRozan and you look at Nikolai Vucevic, 32 and 31 years old, respectively, between those two guys. For, for as great as DeMar DeRozan has been this season, it's kind of like I was saying about Lance Lynn when we were talking some White Sox earlier. It's great to watch. It's fun. It's entertaining. But I don't know that we should expect this for too much longer. Maybe there's more from Zach Levine. He's probably entering his prime age. Lonzo Ball is only 24 years old. So those two guys are maybe some, some centerpieces of a different core. For Bulls basketball, three, four years down the road. But as far as this squad right here, the the, the clock is ticking on on how much time you have to to reach your full potential and to reach that ceiling because of where Demar Derozan and Nikolai Vucevic are at. But how far do you think the Bulls are from from contending and from competing? Do you agree with Billy Donovan that they have a long way to go to be at their level right now? Three one two six four four. Six seven six seven. If I'm being completely honest, if I'm being totally frank and honest, and again, at the risk of being called a Debbie Downer and a wet blanket and whatever other expressions you may have for me, even if they had that trio of DeRozan, Ball, and Levine healthy for the vast majority of this season, now they might be, because I'm not a, a big believer in the Miami Heat, I know they're the number one team in the Eastern Conference right now. I'm not a big believer in the Miami Heat. They might be on a level with the Heat. Another team I don't really buy, the Boston Celtics. They might be on a level of the Boston Celtics. But if the Bulls are healthy and clicking on all cylinders, 
I still don't put him in a category with the Bucks or the 76ers or, and I don't even know what to do with this team, the Brooklyn Nets, because the Brooklyn Nets come with obviously the big ifs that hang around their neck of can Kevin Durant stay healthy? Can Kyrie Irving stay on the court for a number of reasons? Will Ben Simmons ever get back on the court again? Like there are a lot of questions that hang over that squad, but if, if all those ifs are answered, that's a force to be reckoned with. And I don't think a team that the Bulls can 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 contend with. So when Billy Donovan says they have a long way to go to be at their level right now, I think he's talking about playing playing smart basketball, playing hard hard playing hard nosed basketball, competing for 48 minutes. Just, just, just getting that experience under their belt and, and becoming battle tested, like some of these teams are. I honestly don't know if that even if that even does it. If that's what this team is missing, or if they're just not, if they're just not talented enough, man. If they're just not on a level with those teams, if they just don't have the star power to compete with those teams, and don't necessarily have the guys that can grow into that who's who's who who's whose star power can shine even brighter down the road. I don't see anybody on this Bulls roster that puts you in the conversation with the Giannis's of the world and the Embiid's of the world and the Durant's of the world. And I think you need that. I think you have to you have to be a very complete team to overcome not having the star power that some of these other teams do. And even like I said if healthy and clicking on all cylinders, I don't think this is a team that can do what those Pistons squads did that didn't have that didn't have the star power that some might say those Spurs teams did that didn't have the star power. Although I would disagree, you had three Hall of Famers. They just weren't flashy and didn't draw a lot of attention to themselves. I don't think the Bulls are that type of team that's so complete, that's so well-rounded, that's so deep that you can overcome the lack in in star power that that puts you at a deficit against some of these other squads in the Eastern Conference. I think they're further away than maybe even Billy Donovan thinks they are. I I tend to agree with you here, Rami. I think that this Bulls roster, like it's come a long way in the last year, in the last eighteen months, even, and they're they're so much better than they were. But the roster is still incomplete if you're if we're talking about building towards a championship team. You need in in the modern NBA, like like you're kind of saying here, you need either a superstar or multiple superstars, or you need to be just an unbelievably complete team with no gaps. And so we're talking a lot like all above average players and then a couple stud and then a couple stud guys that aren't really superstars, right? Otherwise you need a superstar guy and the bulls don't currently have that guy on the roster. Like the bucks do with Giannis or, you know, over on, on, on the West coast with the, the warriors have with Steph, Right. They don't have that yet. And so I don't see them winning anything significant until they get that guy. And at this point, I'm not convinced that Zach Levine is ever going to be that guy. He's he's really damn good, but he's not the kind of guy that's going to carry you to a championship. Yeah, I don't even if Zach Levine, I don't know. I don't know how close he is to his ceiling. I think he's probably pretty damn close when you've seen him at his best. 
And maybe it's just tapping that more consistently, that 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 best version of Zach Levine that we've seen. Maybe that is what his ceiling is. Maybe there's a little bit more than that there. But even even if there is, does does that put him in a class with the Giannis? Does that put put him in a class with the KD? Does that even put him in a class with a Jason Tatum, who's a guy that that might be entering that that echelon of player, that that next tier at at the age of 25. I don't think he is. I don't I don't think he's even a Jason Tatum. And unless there's a move to be made where you're going to go and bring in a superstar here, I think you're kind of counting on with the regression of a DeMar DeRozan, with the regression of a Vucevic as they enter their their mid 30s here in the next couple of years. Zach Levine is the guy who you're kind of counting on to be the centerpiece of what you hope is a contender. And I don't know that I don't know that that's something that you can necessarily bank on. Want to talk some bulls? I'm here, 312-644-6767. You can give me a call. You can shoot me a text. You can tweet the show, at 670thescore, at Rami, R-A-M-I-E is tweeting is how you can follow and interact with your boy. And also, if we got a few minutes, like to talk some bears. Am I, am I overreacting Bears. to the first the first off season of this new regime? I don't know that I am. I want to talk about that with you right after this on the score. Yeah, I just found that out. Uh, yeah, it stinks, um, but that's a part of the RFA process. Um, so we'll adjust, and you know we'll we'll keep adding players. It's out of your control. It's just part of that deal where you put your best foot forward. And we did, and we came strong, and that's given back to that team, and it's up to them if they want to match it. So, uh, yeah, it is what it is. We're just just like everything else. That's new Bears general manager Ryan Poles talking last week at the owners' meetings. Robbie Makloff with you on the score on a Monday evening. You can get in on the phones or the Rosen Hyundai text line 312-644-6767 you can always tweet me at 670 to score at Rami R-A-M-I-E is tweeting uh, that college basketball national championship not off to the greatest start again they tipped off at 830 at night and now they are shooting North Carolina and Kansas 30% and 35% respectively from the field with uh, more than the first half Come and gone, and uh, 20 to 18 with North Carolina leading the Kansas Jayhawks as we sit. Am I being unfair to uh, be wondering about Ryan Poles already as the general manager of the Chicago Bears? 312 644 6767. I'm open to the idea that I'm being unfair, but I don't think it's my fault. I don't think it's my fault if I am being unfair. This is This is my trauma. As a lifelong Bears fan speaking, when 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 I start to wonder if things are already going awry with the new regime, uh, this is this is this is years and years, decades and decades even of of incompetence, of making the wrong decisions, of making the wrong hires. When when Ryan Pace drafted Justin Fields, my first response was, "Man, I really like Justin Fields." But if I agree with Ryan Pace about a quarterback, there's there's a pretty good chance I'm wrong about that quarterback because being wrong about quarterbacks was what Ryan Pace did for a living. And the same thing kind of goes when you're talking about hiring 
front office people and hiring coaches and when it comes to the McCaskies and the higher-ups of the Chicago Bears, that while I want to give Ryan Poles a chance, and he comes from, from, from a good background, you know, off the Kansas City Chiefs tree and having worked there for a long time, and them obviously having a lot of success in Kansas City, I go, you know what, on paper, that, that hire makes a lot of sense. It looks real good, but the McCaskies made it. And if the McCaskies think it's a good hire, I got to wonder... If it is, so right right off the bat, I have my reservations, I have my doubts, I have my questions about Ryan Poles as a general manager simply because of who hired him and the dysfunction that, that the Bears have been for the vast majority of my life. But then, like, he's, he, you know, he gets in the chair and he starts doing the job and the Ogunjobi deal falls, falls apart. He was talking about Ryan, Pate, Ryan Bates slipping through his fingers. The offensive lineman from Buffalo who had his offer sheet matched by the Bills. Last week, rumors that Roquan Smith was ready to hold out. But okay, all right, all I'm worried about is what are you doing to help Justin Fields be a great quarterback? Please tell me you're not breaking another quarterback in my lifetime as a Chicago Bears fan. And this is what Ryan Poles says about developing Justin Fields. Uh, it's, it's a difficult challenge, but I think as a whole with the scheme, um, with the coaching, uh, with some of the additions that we've had, I think it's going to get better. I think he's going to be put in a situation where he's going to be comfortable, and I've said this all the way back from the very beginning, allowing him to do what he does best is going to allow him to grow from that point. Um, I don't think I ever feel, especially from coming where I just came from, I want to give him everything I possibly can, but you still have to construct an entire team. You can't go blank in one area and then just load up in one area, and I think you're, you'll be offset. So we're always going to be aggressive to get him you know, the tools that he needs to be successful. It's just going to the timing and the talent level and the cap situation, all of those are going to dictate when we can go, when we can't go. Um, but I think what we've done so far is at least established a little bit of growth in the roster, plus the scheme with the coaching. I think I see him getting better even from what we did right now. He wants to give Justin Fields everything he can. What exactly has he given Justin Fields? Byron Pringle? That's what he's given Justin Fields so far. And that's, that's at, least, at least early on, at least for year one, all I care about, all I care about, because they've made it clear that it's not about contending and competing in year one. And they they done blowed this thing up real good in trading Khalil Mack and, and other moves that they've made. So it's not about winning right now. Fine. Okay, I can get down with that. There's a lot of damage that needs to be fixed from the pace naggy era. So what are you doing to develop Justin Fields? What are you doing to help that kid and put him in the best position possible? And I'm sorry, but they've done next to nothing. They brought in Lucas Patrick. To be an offensive lineman, that's that's what they've done. And let James Daniels walk away and, and, and brought in Byron Pringle and Equinemius St. Brown. Now, coach coaching has a lot to do with this, and Matt Nagy was an absolute mess in terms of his handling of Justin Fields. And you heard Justin Fields' personal quarterbacks coach on Parkinson Spiegel last week basically say that Justin Fields was not pleased with Matt Nagy's game plans in his time with the Bears. And understandably so. So putting a better 
coaching staff around him, putting a better game plan in place for him, getting him getting him more coached up in terms of the fundamentals and and speeding up his his dropbacks and his delivery and his reads and everything else. That's all great. That's all fine and dandy, and I hope they're doing a better job of that than what Matt Nagy and company did. But you got to put players around this guy, man. You got to give him help. Great quarterbacks don't just fall out of the sky being great. That ain't how this thing works. And again, I, this might just be my Bears trauma speaking. I might be jumping the gun here, being a little overreactionary, but I, I'm wondering about Ryan Poles already, and I don't mind saying that. I also don't mind saying thank you to Josh Nelson of the Sox Machine podcast, Matt Peck of the CHGO Bulls podcast. They joined me to talk Sox and Bulls respectively. You can hear both those at 670score.com shortly or on your Odyssey app. Also, my thanks to Adam Studzinski on the other side of the glass and on the ones and twos for producing up this fine program today. And thank you for all your contributions on the phones, on the text line, in the Twitter inbox. Thanks all night to all you great, great score listeners. Until next time, I'm Robbie Makloff saying thanks for listening to me right here on a Monday night on Chicago's home for Sports Talk, Sports Radio 670, The Score. Burn that damn thing and don't play it again. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.